Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on January 10th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a really beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here in The South Bay Show. And, of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you doing today? Welcome back, Joe. Uh, we've, been, we've been out of the loop for a couple of weeks here. It's good to be back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been a long layover uh, for the holidays, and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for 2019. Yeah, so am I. So am I. I'm looking forward to it. But your holiday season was good. You had a good holiday season. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a wonderful uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's. Uh, you know, it was interesting, but uh, <laughs> we didn't do anything really big. Um, we tried to go out to Disneyland, but it was so cold. Oh, the yeah. Wind. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. You know, we woke up a couple of mornings. It was in the 30s. It was 38 yeah. degrees, 39 degrees in the morning. It was that that that's cold for us. Um, <laughs> so no arrests, no arrests, and no injuries, right? Over no arrests and no injuries, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. That's good to know. All right, all right. Well, we got a big show this morning, so I think we uh, right. I think we should get right to it. What do you think? I would love to, Jackie. Who are our guests today? Our guests this morning are Steve Hodges, Mark Sells, Ryder Green, and David Dodd-Hale from the upcoming Raging Cajun Pop-Up Blues Festival at St. Rock. Now, Steve moved to the East Coast to, from the East Coast to Torrance in 83 and has resided in the South Bay ever since. In 2014, he and his wife Lisa opened Raging Cajun Cafe in Redondo Beach, which became a thriving business that hosts many popular events from Mardi Gras to Crab Fest. Last year, Steve and Lisa embarked on a new venture to produce and promote a local music festival. The inaugural Raging Cajun Blues Festival took place last October at Seaside Lagoon, and Steve will be sponsoring the Raging Cajun Pop-Up Blues Festival at St. Rock later this month. 
Blind Lemon Peel with David Dodd Hale is a New Orleans blues jazz funk ensemble from Los Angeles that recently closed a year playing festivals like the Hayward Blues Festival in Oakland and New Blues Festival in Long Beach to stages in New York, Paris, and New Orleans. Blind Lemon Peel has been called an insanely great show for audiences that crave contagious energy and the real deal blues. Uh, the OC Examiner raved, there is an authentic old-time feel about Blind Lemon Peel, particularly in the vocals. This is a shouting blues at its finest and most authentic. David Dodd Hale sings in a low growl reminiscent of Howlin' Wolf and Big Joe Turner, but in a style that's uniquely all his own. Blind Lemon Peel keeps things fun, funky, and real with infectious grooves, good slow bluesers, and a party attitude that make this a band not to be missed. Now, Mark Sells leads a power trio with a style that's best described as high-intensity blues rock and uh, blues rock, a la Jimi Hendrix, Caller Santana, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Albert Collins, and Freddie King. Mark and his band continue to garner rave reviews for their live shows and original tunes. Their engaging live performances are known for their passion and intensity. From foot-stop and swinging blues to whisper-soft guitar licks, this band is played straight from the, from the heart. Now, the Mark Sells Band has opened for many top musicians and bands, including the late Johnny Winter, Tommy Castro Band, Coco Montoya, and Chicago's Blues Reunion. They were nominated for Best Blues Band in the OC by OC Music Awards, and several of Mark's original tunes are featured in the indie motion picture Road to Juarez, uh, which was released in 2015. Now, from blistering renditions of blues-infused rock and funk to sublime vintage blues, edgy ballads, slide, and everything in between, Ryder Green brings a dynamic mix of firepower and grit, effortlessly intertwining with engaging songs and straight from the soul improvisation. Ryder writes and sings about themes that often strike a universal chord in the message while spiking the music with riffs, phrasing, and change-ups you won't hear anywhere else. Sometimes hard-driving and powerful, sometimes eloquent and edgy, Ryder is always engaging and entertaining. He brings his fan base a powerful fusion of riveting song styles, melodies, rhythms, and lyrics you can't get out of your head and don't want to. Now, in November of 2016, Ryder Green and his band won the Golden Gate Blue Society Challenge, uh, Golden Gate Blue Society Blues Challenge. They went on to represent them in Memphis in 2017 at the International Blues Challenge. Now, hot on the heels of the successful Raging Cajun Blues Festival in Redondo in October, Raging Cajun Cafe is continuing to keep their commitment to keep the blues alive in the South Bay by presenting the first ever Raging Cajun Pop-Up Blues Festival at St. Rock in Hermosa Beach on Wednesday, January 23rd, and our guests plan to rock it till the wheels come off. And, uh, Joe, I just want to mention one more thing. We have a last-minute guest joining us this morning, Rick Snyder. So, mm-hmm. Steve, Mark, Ryder, David, and Rick, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Well, thank you. Wow, thanks hey, for having us. Yeah, wow, what a uh, – yeah, full house, full house. It, it, you know, it was, uh, the, the intro was actually longer. I actually edited quite a bit out because uh, we didn't want me talking for the whole hour, so. <laughs> it's not Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so – Well, you know, the we can go see him. Where do I get to go see him? You okay. know, Jackie, when you, when you wrapped up, and I thought it was, a, it was very important to like, why everybody is here and the whole conversation is, you know, Steve has a very important mission, and it's one mm-hmm. that we have, um, the new Blues Festival, Six String Showdown, the Raging Cajun Pop-Up Festival, which is about promoting, nurturing, and keeping the blues alive in Southern California. And mm-hmm. so Steve was the perfect person to put on this show and to host this show. You know, Ryder mm-hmm. 
we met Ryder, Rick and I met Ryder. We put on a show through the New Blues Festival, Sixteen Showdown. Ryder was a participant in it. Um, we loved his playing, and we invited him to play with our band at the New Blues Festival. Mark Sells was a judge in Six String Showdown, one of the hottest guitar players in town, and he has roots. He plays down at the Rodondo Pier virtually every couple of Saturdays at um, Starboard Attitude, and you see him with his wireless guitar just strutting up and down the pier, and people are just <laughs> following him like the Pied Piper. It's very, very funny. <laughs> You know that's one of my favorite. That's one of that's one of my favorite places, Starboard Attitude. Um, I when I have friends come into town, you know that's where I'll take them for music. I love that place. Yeah. And they and they and they have yeah. very generous pours, Joe. Very generous pours. Oh. That's yes. That's a good thing. <laughs> so so Steve, um, yeah. give us give us uh, some context here. Uh, you know, Raging Cajun is doing fantastic. The Blues Festival at, at Seaside Lagoon went fantastic from all accounts. But now, you know, uh, St. Rock, you've got an, an existing venue. It's easier to pop up at St. Rock than, obviously, at the Seaside Lagoon. So is this going to yeah, be a regular thing? Uh, actually, yeah, we'll have to is, see how it goes. Um, it was actually David's idea came to me after the festival, and he's like, let's let's do something with the local some local bands that are in the South Bay, and let's try to keep promoting the the Raising Cajun Blues and keep, and that, just keeping the blues alive in the South Bay. And he came up with the idea of going to St. Rock and seeing if they'd be open to this event, and they were. And he came back to me. He's like, what do you think about you know you help promote it and uh, sponsor it and you know. It, Help bring keep keep the the energy going from the blues festival and hopefully to a second mm-hmm. blues festival later in the year this year. Uh, mm-hmm. I said let's do it, and he mentioned these bands and you know let me hear some of them. Like they, these guys are excellent excellent musicians, and why not show off you know some people from the South Bay? And so that's where it kind of went from there. And looking forward to a great show in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it should be so, fun, man. David. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Tell us more about the plans. I mean, is this going to be a regular thing, David? Well, as I kind of alluded to, Rick and I are partners with Bill Grizzlea, who owns the New Blues Festival in Long Beach. And we have put together a group that works under that umbrella. It's called New Blues Festival Presents. And what we are going to do is we are going to produce events. We are going to, um, you know, create events. We are going to try to keep the blues alive in the South Bay. We are going to do some stuff in the, up in um, Sacramento. We can talk about a little more. You know, again, we are looking mm-hmm. – I, I love the blues. Um, you know, Ryder is 20 years old, and Ryder is the future of the blues. And Mark mm-hmm. Sells embodies, he channels Jimi Hendrix, he channels Carlos Santana. He's, you know, the present of the blues. I'm like 107 mm-hmm. years old, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the blues past. And I grew up with the blues. I grew up my I blues in my blood. You know, I remember a conversation Ryder and I were having one day where in his, for Ryder, 
I, I don't mean to exaggerate this, but it's like for Ryder, the blues started with Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, so Ryder, right. in my mind, is blues 2.0. For me, the blues started with Charlie Patton, and it started with Robert Johnson. And what I listened to is John Lee Hooker. I listened to, you know, Mississippi Fred McDowell. Um, my cousin was part of the original L.A. Ash Grove crowd with Ed and Bernie Pearl. And Bernie is a mm-hmm. legend down here. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, he was our first judge when we did our six-string showdown. Um, so for us, it's about keeping the blues alive. It's pe- letting people right. know what their traditions are, the history is. Um, the blues is an art. It's a, a completely indigenous American art form, like the jazz, like jazz is. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, David. Uh, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna focus on that theme, though. I mean, if we can, just a moment. Robert Johnson was singing into a the phone or whatever a yeah. hundred years ago today, nineteen nineteen. Wow. This, this is this is this is. You know, the thing about music today is that we've had so much amazing American, uh, globally, but, uh, you know, the American tradition of blues uh, has been amazing for the last hundred years. And now we're looking for the next generation to to be, uh, you know, and to do and to and to represent. <laughs> so I'll start with you, Ryder. We're, we're looking for the next generation to represent. How do you see your blues journey? Do you see it as reproducing the past, adding to, enhancing? How do you see that? Well, man, I it's an interesting thing because you know it, it took a while before I actually realized this. You know, and you know, watching different people and what was going on with it. You know, because you have you have people that are super modern, you have people that are purists that don't really like that and things like that. But if you look, you know, historically. Like these blues guys back in the day, like from where it, you know, really started and then up into, you know, the Johnny Hooker and, you know, that era. And then now yeah. is these guys were just innovating for their time as well, right? You know, it started yeah. off as just a guy, a guy with a guitar or, you know, further back a string like, tied to a broomstick. And then like with Muddy Waters, you know, then like Electric Mud came out and like that was, you know, that was the newest thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you And then you have... Uh, you know, people. You know, people now kind of as we we're talking about people that I kind of call blues 2.0, and you know, friends of mine like Matt Schofield and Kingfish and dudes like that. Important to, on one hand, keep the tradition and keep some of that history there, but also continue innovating. You know, to keep the you know the genre fresh and you know the next generation, the next generation and audience, keeping them you know uh, engaged with it. And yeah, so that's you know, that's, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. That's it. I, I I just wanted to get a statement of of uh, of your feeling about that. Uh, Mark, can you jump in there and and give your feeling about that? Sure. What, yeah, yeah. I, where I is with, the, with the where is your focus today? My focus right now, um, just just playing playing live and <laughs> keeping it keep myself going. Um, I, the writer was talking about innovation and, and stuff. And I, you know, I'm, I'm older, I'm obviously older than writer and I'm probably closer to Dave's days, but I, I seen the before and after of things. Huh? You could be my son. I'm not, 
Oh, I don't know. But 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 you know the 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 I'm uh, more like what Ryder is saying is 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 uh, mentioning teammates like Matt Schofield, guys like that. These, you know these younger guys that are coming up that are innovative, that are keeping it keeping it fresh. And I'm I'm more in the, I like try to fit more in that category. You know, as far as uh, you know, I'm always about trying something fresh and new. And and I'm studying jazz right now. Just other things, just to yeah. expand my playing, just to, to express myself. It's all about expressing, you know. And and blues, you know, it's got to be from the heart, you know. To be, you know, and he mentioned about right. Also mentioned about the, you know, the blues prayers versus the more, you know, that you always got these factions and stuff. But at the end of the day, what really makes something, it means, you know, whether it's blues or jazz, it's it to me, it's all. Uh, what, the people that have spoken to me and, uh, and inspired me are those who I felt were were real, you know, when they were up there and that made your hair stand up, you know. And and I don't care who it is or what uh, what is and is is that's to me what 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 strikes a chord with people and what connects with people and that's what's going to keep the blues alive, is is not enshrining any of these things, you know. Um, you know, I mean, Matt Schofield, you mentioned Matt Schofield, he's he's already he came out like ten years ago, and our, he's already yeah. changed. A lot of as guitarists, a lot of a lot of styling is that's already become almost regular. He's before you know it, it's going to be like who's the next big thing, you know, and stuff. Right. And, and so, right. uh, so it's kind of balancing between keeping those roots and then also again keeping it fresh. You know, that's where I'm at right now. You know, just kind of you know, yeah. and and, yeah. and uh, I just love music. Period. You know, <laughs> you know. I have hey, I have Rick? a question. I yes yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead Jack. Okay. I, I, I have a question, and I, I imagine each of you will have a different answer for this. Now, we all know the history of blues. There was Chicago blues. There's Mississippi mm-hmm. Southern blues. There's Texas blues. We live in Southern California. You're a bunch of Southern California artists. There's not a lot to be blue about in Southern California. <laughs> so so are, are you guys and your friends creating Southern California blues? You know, I, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. You know, the Strand in Redondo was an amazing blues room going back into the 70s. You know, James Harmon, who is contemporary, is on the scene. You have James Harmon, you have Hollywood Fats, you have Joe Strauss. There is a distinct sound, which is West Coast blues, which is West Coast yeah, blues. West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Okay. I mean, that stuff is alive and well all around. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I had a, I had an interesting thought on that. Um, because just from, who's from this speaking? Who's talking, this speaking? This is writer. This it's is writer. Writer. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, it was this came from an interesting experience. Um, actually, from from back when I did the IBC competition, and then I went from there to St. Louis, and. When I was out there, there was there was one jam that I had to make it out to, and that one was it was a place called the Broadway Oyster Bar, and it was like the longest running jam out there. And I I had a guy after I played, he said, "You're from California, huh?" I'm like, "How do you know?" He's like, "I can just tell from the way you play." And so when you guys said that, really, I that, you know, yeah, there there is a very distinct way of playing in in my in my traveling in different places that I've gone. Um, the Cal, especially, I mean, for me growing up, you know, having grown up in NorCal, I mean, even NorCal versus SoCal, there's a difference in the way people approach things. And 
it was when it was pointed Absolutely. out to me. I never thought about it before, but it was you know I was like, how would you describe that's an interesting it, point. How would you describe it? Man, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I mean, there's I don't know, I almost don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's I don't want to say like mod, more modern, but almost it is in that I think because a lot of the blues history you know started in places like Chicago and Memphis and. Over here, you know, I mean, it's it's there's just a certain different vibe, and I mean, even where I grew grew up, there was like there were standards of songs that we played. Just like in jazz, you have jazz jazz standards, and in blues, there were certain you know jazz you know blues and funk standards that we would play. And then I go other places, and people don't know those, but they know something else. And I think you know their playing and style, you know, maybe somewhat influenced by that, or just the people in that area and their approach to things. So it's. It's an interesting thing, but it was something that I, I, I didn't notice until it was actually pointed out to me. Joe, we're going to have hey, to Rick? make a study of this. We're, Joe, we're going to have yeah. to make a study of this, uh, Southern, uh, West Coast Blues, because uh, I, I wanted to mention, David, I believe, mentioned the Strand, the old club uh, on the corner of Pelsbury's right. Boulevard and PCH. Um, I, used to go to, I used to go there all the time, and one night we went to see the fabulous Thunderbirds, uh, Jimmy right. Ray Vaughn and yeah. his band back in the day. And for the encore, who came out to play but his brother, Stevie, which was wow. such a yeah. great I had never seen him. He was somebody I always wanted to go see, never seen him before. It was such a surprise. We were so excited. They played two or three songs. It was great. And I think it was only two months later he died in that helicopter crash. Wow. You saw him later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. One of my uh, favorites. Rick? Yeah, Rick, I want to get your uh, your take on this whole thing about the progress of this 100-year it's it's more it's older than that, but this 100-year uh, you know, sort of tradition of recording the blues. Robert Johnson basically started, I think it was in the the uh, I think it was in like 1918 or something that that uh, the first few recordings started. I mean, recordings are actually older than that. Uh, there are many recordings from the, you know, 1902, 1905, whatever, but uh, this equipment was portable and people started recording music and musicians around uh, the late uh, 19, 19s, 1920s. What you, what's your take on the state of blues today? Are kids into old stuff, in uh, creating new stuff? What do you think, Rick? Well, uh- being much younger than David, I know David remembers being at that recording session with Robert I was, Johnson, I where he was singing and do a can. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he was there. Oh, yeah, nineteen ninety. Oh, yeah, he was telling me all about it. But anyway, uh, you know, I come from a little bit different background. Um, I started out in rock and roll back in the sixties uh, and seventies, and uh, the band that I worked for had a guitar player that was from West Monroe, Louisiana, and grew up with his mom playing the blues and doing the Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri circuit. And so he always had a blues influence. And back in the 60s and 70s, the blues was an extraordinarily popular art form that a blues musician could get himself booked just about anywhere in the L.A. area. Orange County, not so much, you know, because you have to show ID when you go behind the orange curtain, and it was a big hassle, and nobody wanted to do that. But for L.A., <laughs> it was a thriving uh, 
industry for musicians. You had no problem getting a gig. You could get paid a decent salary. And then it seems like uh, somewhere around the mid-'70s, you kind of drifted away and went overseas over to England where they loved the blues and they loved our blues. You know, as David said, the blues is the only indigenous American art form that we have. The blues and jazz are like kissing cousins. So when I talk about the blues, I I always think of jazz because they both influence one another. But realistically speaking, the blues has influenced every single piece of music that we hear today. And most kids and most uh you know, musicians notwithstanding, because musicians have a different perspective, but most listeners have no idea that what they are listening to right. has its origins in the blues. So the recording of and the performance of the blues, I think it's come a long way. You know, first of all, back if I wax back to the 50s, black artists didn't get uh, squat for what they did. They had to Mm. either sell the music to white artists or pretend they were white artists. They didn't get their due, and they definitely laid the groundwork for what we're doing today. As time progressed into the 60s and 70s, much more widely accepted, but they also diversified into a lot of different areas. You know, I think of the Chambers Brothers, who Lester Chambers is a killer uh, blues harmonica player, but who would know that? Because when you think of the Chambers Brothers, you think of their one iconic song, but realistically, they have their basis in the blues, as do a number of other modern or more modern musical bands. So, when I think of the transition of the blues, it's definitely gone from somewhat popular, very, very. Uh, not inclusive. It was or not yeah, more exclusive, not inclusive. The blues was a genre that was pretty strictly a black kind of a thing. And then as time went on, we, you know, us white folk adopted it and made it our own. And then as time went on, it just became inclusive into everything. So today, right. in these modern times, I would say that the blues has come back around. But I'm with David in that. We need to do everything that we can to nurture and promote the future of the blues because it's, nurture. you know, it, it, it could be on the verge of being a, a, a non-existent art form. Not that there aren't a million people playing it. It's just that it's such a, a, a narrow niche for listeners that our task is to make more people aware of the blues, present them with a greater variety of the blues, and encourage the younger artists to play the blues. So, you know, David and I have well, kind of taken on the mantle of doing that, and that's part of what our Six String Showdown is, and our blues cavalcade, and all the things that we're doing, and the, the pop-up blues festival. That's everything about what we're doing to promote the future of the blues. I'd I love this. I love this. I love this. I think there needs to be a pop-up blues festival every month somewhere. <laughs> Joe, Chuck is going to help us yeah. do it. We there you go. Uh, Joe, let's do yeah. this. Let's yeah. do a very commercial – let's do a quick commercial uh, uh, station break, and then let's come back and play some of this blues. Right, 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 right. right. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we're talking the blues today. 
uh, Raging Cajun Pop-Up Blues Festival uh, is coming January 23rd, Wednesday, January 23rd in Saint, at St. Rock in Hermosa Beach. And uh, they're going to rock it till the wheels come off. So uh, please uh, uh, get your tickets. Uh, <laughs> it's um, probably the first <clears throat> of many uh, pop-up blues festivals in Los Angeles. And uh, with that, uh, I've got, uh, uh, David, I've got three pieces of music here. Um, which which one do you think we should start with, David? Well, since one of them is mine, <clears throat> you know, they're all great. <laughs> Let me just talk about what I'm what My track is called Hong Kong Suit. And again, it's yeah. going to be a little bit different. And as this conversation that we're having is that's weaving, you know, again, I don't mean to pigeonhole, but, you know, Mark does, again, he channels Santana. He channels Jimi Hendrix. Ryder is mm. original. What Ryder is doing is next generation. What our band tries to do is we are more of an amalgam. We really, I, I love the blues, so you can't pigeonhole me. Um, what we mm. do is a little, you know, there's some Philly funk. There's some, you know, Memphis soul. There is some Cajun punk influences. Mm. So mm. as much as I eschew the word, and Rick and I keep talking about this, my band is becoming very avant-garde. And so mm-hmm. the blues we play is more of a sophisticated is the wrong word because it's down and sturdy. My guitar player, Lucky Lloyd, you know, is one of the pure blues in the B.B. King range players in town. My sax player, Bobby um, Hurricane Spencer, has been designated a living legend by the Living Legend Foundation. So we're exploring different voices, tones, instrumentation. So if you play my track, which is Hong Kong Suit, you'll get an understanding of where we are, and then you can contrast it to where Mark and Ryder are. And you'll get to see why the festival isn't just three bands on a bill, which a lot of people do. You know, Often you'll go and there'll be three bands that are like the bands that you're going to see. What we're doing with pop-ups is we want to expose people to different kinds of mm-hmm. music, different kinds of blues. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I mentioned Bernie I think, Pearl, you know, so to have a traditional country blues player on a bill and a pop-up, you get, if you're, it gives you a chance to really experience and love what the blues is all about. I think I started with the right guy, Hong Kong <laughs> Suit. Hong yep. Kong Suit. <laughs> Hey. 
Taylor, the point is moved. Just bury me in my Hong Kong the Cajun influence in that. Totally hear it in that. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I, you know, we're in the studio right now cutting our new record, so it's very exciting to be playing with Bobby Spencer and Lucky Lloyd and Ray Brundage, who's my bass player, played with um, James Brown for eight years. And mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these guys will be, my band will be backing Ryder, and they'll be backing Mark, so it'll be really exciting it's, to see these guys together. It's true. 
I want to. So, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear writer's song next because I really want to. I want to see. I want to hear the differences. That's not. I know. I I know that there are differences, but it's not. I know there are differences in different types of blues where they come from, but um, it, this is like a, a little master class in it, so we can get to. We can get mm-hmm. to compare. Yeah. You know. Right. A writer, tell us a little bit about this uh, this tune. Yeah, man. Well, it's interesting because I um, th- this was off of an EP that I did. It was five songs. I did this back when I right around when I turned eighteen, and mm. at that point I was pretty much just strictly, you know, just straight up blues. You know, I mean, obviously, and with the new stuff that I have coming up, you know, it's gone all over the place on things, but. At that point, it was just blues because that was what I knew. That was what I grew up doing. And this one, this one came from a place. It was one of the early songs that I wrote, actually, one of the first ones that I wrote. Um, and I mean, essentially, a lot of the. I mean, it had a lot of specific influences at the time. You know, I've, I've more kind of come into my own, you know, thing and sound that I'm, you know, trying to get out. But at this point, there's a lot of very specific influences and. They came from dudes like, uh, you know, Chris Kane and uh, Freddie King, and uh, actually a guy, one of my kind of mentors up where I grew up, uh, a guy by the name of Alvon Johnson. And it was just a very, there's a very kind of specific feel of it. I don't know how to really describe it, but um, that was kind of the, that was kind of the idea with this track, and uh, it was it was an in, it was interesting doing it because I had no recording experience beforehand. Um, so I was, okay. I was kind of, I was along for the ride, but yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of the idea behind it. it was just make a, just make a cool straight up, you know, blue song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Melt away my blues, melt away my blues, Ryder green. Here we go. Mm-hmm.
right. Wow. Anyway. Wow. So writer, wow. writer, I've got some wow. writer, I've got some notes for you. I've got some notes for you. You say you don't know why someone in some random place can say when they hear you play, you sound like you're from California. I can tell you. It's Jeff Beck, man. I can hear the Jeff Beck in your hand. I can hear <laughs> the speed with which you play. Yeah. I can hear it's the it's the the technique and the technical. California is about technical and speed and driving rhythms. Jeff Beck is my only uh, <laughs> reference. Well, well, now you see, I hear, I, I hear, I, I hear a little Stevie Ray Vaughan in that. A little. Oh, I guess but so the thing yeah. about this, the thing about this track, because um, for the longest time, like I always, like I just love playing slow blues. It's just a, it's a place where you can just kind of hang out and have fun in for some time. And this particular track, and actually the intro, um, the intro solo on that, um, and just kind of the overall vibe of it. There's. So here's the funny thing. If you go listen to the track, you'll see what I'm talking about. But there is a video. It came. It's like 10 years old on YouTube now. But there is a uh, actually a country guitar player. I think he lives in Nashville now by the name of Johnny Highland. And this yeah. dude, I remember when I saw this video, like this just inspired me more, like more than it almost anything had in a long time. And it did. It did. I didn't realize how much. So that it influenced until somebody pointed it out to me later how close my intro ended up actually sounding to his, and it wasn't even intentional. Like I came in, and if, if you if you can find it, it was just Johnny Highland Slow Blues or something like that was the name of the video. And he's a, he's a like, monster. Some, what's that? Yeah, he's a monster, Johnny Highland. Oh god, oh god, uh, yes. He's, yeah, and he's from what I've seen of him, he's an incredibly nice guy as well. Um, I've never met him, but. That was, you know, that was a big influence of there, and it's funny. I have actually haven't listened to my own track in a while, and listen to that. There, it's funny. There's so many little kind of Easter eggs, if you will, throughout that song, and things that, you know, things that unless you right. know what you're listening for, um, like there was. Right. It's funny at the end. There's this little mic lead over in there, and you can hear my my drummer. I think he was. I think he was just. Uh, he said he said something before we were done, and unless you know what you're listening for, you don't catch it, but. That was, you know, I mean, that was kind of a big inspiration behind that song, as well as, you know, um, again, Alvon uh, Johnson was another guy that I was listening to a lot of the time, and I, you know, I played with him a bunch, and he kind of mentored me a bit, you know, and that was, you know, that was the goal, was just, just make a cool slow blues that's just for the guitar players, and the coolest right, thing about right. this, I think, was the actual, all the solo takes on there, those, uh, those were those were all the same take and that was a scratch track, believe it or not. That wasn't even that wasn't even the final take that I did later. We went back and I'm like, we're just like, dude, I played better on this. And you know, mm-hmm. I just put I, I didn't have any settings set right. I was just like, this is just a scratch track to fill the place while we're tracking the band, you know, the the rest of the band. And we came back and like, dude, this this scratch track you did is is the best one. And it's always like the first yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Joe. Joe, um, I. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that we didn't space the music out better, but I'm thinking we can go over a little bit on the show because, um, because mm. because we didn't we didn't watch the time and space the music out a little better, but but uh, um, that was amazing. Wow. Um, right. Yeah. And that, you yeah. know when you talk about well, when you talk about Jeff Beck with, with Ryder. Okay, but who was that that was talking first? 
this is uh, this is uh, David. Not, you know, when you were talking about David. Jeff Beck for a quick second, yeah. yeah. I, you know, one of the for me among the many great things about living in Southern California, you know, the Hollywood Bowl to me is. You know, I, I talk to people who have never been there who live here, and it makes me nuts. But if you had a chance, two years ago, Jeff Beck played at the Bowl with Billy Gibbons and Buddy Guy. Ooh. The three of them mm-hmm. on stage. You talk about a great show. guitar playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. But, and and you know, you know, let's let's be care let's 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 tie it together. Jeff Beck is from England because yep. the blues right. went to England to live. Somebody said that earlier. Yeah. The blues died I in did, America. Yeah. The blues yep. died in yeah. who, who said that? Rick. Rick. Who said that? Yeah. Rick. Rick. Rick, yeah, Rick, the blues yeah. died in America. It went to England, and that's where they call it the English invasion. They were just right. kids who listened to the blues, the British invasion. Right. They were just kids yeah. who listened to the blues, and all of them will say that. Well, yeah, yeah I know Fred right. King and Howlin' Wolf, they had to go to Britain to work to right. be yeah. rediscovered. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, which, again, to gets back to, to this whole work. point of what we're trying right. to Get do the new blues festival, the six string showdown, right. you know, where we talk about Ryder, the future, there are some remarkable young guitar players in town. When we started six string last year, we thought we were going to have, you know, 40, 50 year old guitar players, people we knew, our contemporaries were going to sign up. Mm. What it turned out mm. is we had Ryder signed up. We had Anthony Cullins, that Fallbrook kid, was in our competition. Love um, yeah. Ernesto Ocampo was in our competition. Where they, we saw a mm. guitar player, um, Anthony Anthony Alvarez, right? You you know Anthony, right, Ryder? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Alvarez. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Alvarez. He's nineteen. He's killer. Wait, uh, yeah. Alvarez. Yeah. Is that uh, he was playing? Uh, I think the day I met him, he was playing like a three thirty-five or something. Yes, he was. Mm. Yeah, so he's got Kai people, Michael. Yeah, talk of the about people I saw in the competition. Yeah, I mean, of the people I saw in the competition, I mean, uh, both Andy and Anthony um, were. Well, I knew Anthony already. I was one. Of, that was like one of my boys. But um, and. In seeing Andy, I remember, like, of guitar players, because I'm, like, like me especially being, you know, in on a lot of the Blues 2.0 stuff, dudes like, you know, Matt Schofield and stuff, when I hear, you know, a lot of these dudes, they take, you know, they've taken all the basic stuff that's still there, but they've added, you know, studying, well, studying music theory, obviously, but, you know, they've added right. certain sophistications to it, and, you know, that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about with, you know, modernizing it, and so Andy really stuck out to me just because his, his approach to it and his phrasing and all that was very, you know, tasteful. And, you know, it's like you still, you have this blues thing and then you add these other elements to it. And hence we have, you know, blues 2.0. Right. 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 I have to, I have to ask you, Ryder, how old were you when you started playing? I was six. So in November was 14 years of playing for me. <laughs> and, and do you come from a, a musical family? Uh, not extremely. Um, my mom played a bit and then as well as her brother, you know, played a bit, but nobody particularly, um, was like in the music industry. I mean, I, I kind of, we, you know, we kind of came in the end of this and I kind of came into this journey and 
I didn't have any, you know, famous ties or, you know, some really good, you know, specific person in my family to play guitar. It was pretty much like I was this six-year-old kid, and I said, okay, this is what we're doing. And, you know, I've kind of – I've had to learn every – I've had to learn everything myself, you know. So, I, you know, the further I come up in the world, I guess it's it's rewarding as well knowing that I was – you know, we were able to figure out, you know, what to do um, in the music talent, industry and all the rest of it. Talent will win out in the end. It always does, doesn't it? Yeah, I have a, I, I have a phrase that I use. It was one of my own quotes, and I actually used to have it. I think it was on my Instagram bio. And, you know, because you take this, you know, the talent thing. And, I mean, I guess inherent natural ability is a part of it. But it was – I had this quote I used to say. I said, with a love for something and a strong work ethic, you can achieve anything. And I tell that people, like, oh, you're so good. I said, dude, if you love it, you absolutely get into it and you work and you just work your butt off at it. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's to me what really brings that forward. You got right. yeah. to put in your, you got to put in your 10,000 yeah. hours. Right, Joe? Yeah. Right. Amen. Right on. Yeah. That's that's right. The <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. Um, are, are we, are we ready for some more music? Are we going to hear something from Mark now? We're, we're going to hear something from Mark. Mark, tell me, tell me, the influence of Sly and the Family Stone. Huh. Ha. <laughs> Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, that's wow. an easy that question. Kind of, huh? What's that? That's an easy question, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, she brought that up. I, I just, just that recently on my, on my gigs when we, play, you know, play live, you know, playing, and you know, I like to do things on the cuff, and I'm all throwing some Sly, you know. Uh, lyrics and stuff and my late drummer he used to always want to say let's do some sly stone you know that's that's about all i can say about sly and the stone and growing up with that music of course you know these influences come out or these you know um like Ryder was talking about his influence of uh of johnny highland and, and how it just kind of you know you absorb this stuff and then you sit back and you hear the recording or you hear something and you go hey hey that sounds like so-and-so you know how did that happen <laughs> you know, uh, but that's about that. That the only thing I think about for that is 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 sly, as far as Sly and Stone is would be would be uh, uh, I think what that song Thank You and uh, uh, Let Me Be Yourself right. Again. Yeah, that we throw that into a, a Freddie King tune, you know, <laughs> so in the middle of a Freddie King song. So you know, it's and and all my that's something I enjoy about when I play is is being able to let the music breathe. And let and when I'm playing with the guys I get to play with, uh, it can kind of go in different directions as we're playing. And when you get really good guys that you're playing with, um, it works really well, you know. But it, they have to have a caliber that can that can do that kind of stuff. And to me, blues is about improvisation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be uh, just going back to what I said earlier about speaking from the heart, and it's got to be real, you know. And and I have to feel it when I play. If I don't feel engaged, it's just not going to happen. You know, I have to feel like, you know, at the moment. So I just have to get go in that zone. And it's it's almost like all the way or not at all. You can't fake the blues, you know. Um, and and uh, uh, so whatever comes out at that time, you know, and my even my influences like you mentioned about Stevie Ray. I saw Stevie Ray twelve times live, you know, in concert. Wow. So oh my yeah, gosh. I saw him, <laughs> I'm yeah, so I jealous. I'm front. so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him up front at, I mean literally his boots were like almost on my on my arms at the Hollywood Palladium. We were up against the stage. We it was 
standing, and it, I was literally up center, on, like my hands on the stage, and he was right there, right before when he came out with Texas Flood. That was like 1983 or 84 when he came into L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I remember about that, but the point is, is that all these guys even mentioned Carlos Santana. His obviously his big influence was was BB King. Is these guys improvise when they're up there playing. They just go, you know, and I come from that time frame of the jam bands and, you know, all these, I, you mentioned Jeff Beck and, and all mm-hmm. remember all these other bands that just, I'm used to like this, this kind of music where it would be guitarists where they speak with their instrument and they just go, you know, and then if the music goes this way, we go with it and, and, but it has to be alive and fresh. And, and I find that more engaging than, than whatever style of just, if it's too much in the pocket, too, too squared, too constructed, that's to me. That's not what blues is, you know. Um, um, when I hear the real blues guys, you know, stuff or anybody, it's I keep using the word real again, authentic, from the heart. It, mm-hmm. It's that's the thing that that I that I think is important, and that's what helped. That's what allowed me to to do what I do. You know, it, people say that, right. man, you can feel like I'm. You're speaking from the guitar. You're speaking. I've heard that so many times. You know, I was like. You talk with your guitar, and they go, "Well, that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing. Whatever instrument you're playing, you know, with your voice, it's still your voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. uh, you know, when Ryder, they, they, uh, hearing Ryder play, you can hear him. That's him, you know. And uh, by the way, Ryder, that was a great track. <laughs> so, you Thank know, you, man. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was like, wow, that was that was down. That was down and that was down and out. Big time, man. So little yep. little seventeen year old rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna right on, man. We're gonna we're gonna play this piece <laughs> by Mark. We're gonna play this piece by Mark Fells. But uh, I have to say, David, I'm starting to feel my age. Jeff Beck is seventy four <laughs> years old. Holy crap. Jeff Beck. <laughs> 74 years old. Oh, my God. Wow. And you guys know the, the Stones are coming to uh, L.A. this summer. The yeah. Stones are coming wow. to town. And, mm-hmm. But they're yeah. in their 80s, it seems like. I don't know. <laughs> they started out as a blues band. They, they started out as yeah, a blues band. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's Little right. Red Rooster. That's right. That's yeah, right. They are the blues band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Of course. So let's hear this. Let's hear this. Uh, uh, thank you for letting my me letting me be myself again, Mark Fells.
All right. <laughs> wow. 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 I, wow. Wait, thinking, that, where, where, what recording is that? <laughs> that? Wow, that kick-started my day. I'm ready to go. Wow. <laughs> that was actually, I was surprised. Where would you get that track from? <laughs> that was from uh, just a week ago. Uh, I was surprised who, that who was sent the track it to that us? was played. I didn't. Well, huh? Dave. David sent it to it. David, oh, David? David sent me the oh, tracks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Adrian okay. and Adrian sent it to me. Okay, yeah, yeah I just yeah, unfortunately distorted it there, but uh, that that recording is actually I was listening first, going, "That's not me. Who is that?" And then I realized, oh, that was from last week uh, here in the bulletin. We played I, the yeah. band I had with me was essentially the Walter Trout band. Um, I had wow. I had uh, current or former members. I had. Michael Lazier on drums. I had Danny Avila uh, on what? bass and and Sammy Avila on keyboards, and then and then had Hiro Sakai jumping on a harp at the end there. That was like our final song. So I'm going, oh, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> but, yeah, it was yeah. funny, Mark. When uh, I was talking to Lucky Lloyd yesterday, he was asking me how long uh, each of the sets is going to be, and I said, well, you know, mine will probably be seven, and I'm figuring Riders will be about seven, and you know, Mark and. Uh, I'm sure he'll probably do three songs, and they'll just like you know take the whole 45. Yeah, minutes. exactly. That's pretty much 45 minutes for me is like yeah, that's that's an inside joke with the guys I play with. We got a half hour. Oh, Mark, that's only one song. <laughs> that was. I mean, you, you know, you, you guys. That is an example. Funny that song was played from what you can hear of it, and. Again, I was. Uh, you got Danny Ivala on 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 bass, who's not only a killer bass player, but he's a phenomenal guitar player. Um, um, and and then Sammy, you know, uh, on keys, and then Mike, you know, usually a trio. And Sammy came as a special surprise special guest for the people over there. And then so just allowing them to express themselves, and and you know that. You can't see, of course, over the thing, but the place was hopping at that time. You know, everybody was dancing and and just jamming mm. with the music and and uh, mm. yeah, that was that was a little rendition. That's kind of what was going on with that, from what we could hear. We got a lot of distortion on that, but but the uh, it, it, it always, uh, it always energy, sounds the, the music always sounds better in playback when you know if you go back and and download the podcast, it always sounds way better in playback. Um, oh, right, and, right, yeah, yeah, way better, yeah. But listen. Um, this has been fantastic. We're going. We've gone over quite a bit, uh, so we got to wrap okay. it up. Listen, everybody, Raging Cajun Pop Up Blues Festival at St. Rock in Hermosa Beach on Wednesday, January twenty third. Can anybody think of a better thing to do on a Wednesday night? I can't. All right. Okay. <laughs> Wednesday, January twenty third. Um, tickets Kai. are only ten. Tickets are only Thank ten you. bucks, man. You have no yep. excuse not to go to this. Uh, in the the information and the link is on my website, southbaybyjackie.com. So uh, uh, we're, we're all going. We'll all be there. So yeah. uh, I hope everybody yeah. – yeah, yeah. No, this is going to be one thing, one thing, David, David, how how do people find out about more if they want to be regulars to the next pop-up and the next one and the next one? How do, how do people find out about that? Um. Wow, that's <laughs> – that's a, such a good question. I never even thought about it. Rick, why don't you answer that? I'd say that they need to go to uh, the, either the blindlemonpeel.com website or the sixstringshowdown.com website. That's the number six, 
thestringshowdown.com or either of our Facebook pages. They can find it on the Orange County Blues Society page. They can find it on the Three Sons Consulting and Management Facebook page. So we're all over social media, but now that you mention it, we probably will, uh, once we decide what we really want to call ourselves, we will probably right. form a, a website and a Facebook page strictly but devoted I think to that. The right. answer to that right now is check out the Blind Lemon Peel on Facebook. That's where a lot of this information will be. Blind Lemon Peel on Facebook. Okay. And give us a like. If everybody will give us likes, okay. that would be awesome. And then let's get let's get um let's get uh inf- website information uh from each of you. Um yeah. Ryder, you wanna start? Uh yeah, my website's just ridergreenmusic.com. Uh, um and then on my pretty much all my you know, social media, Instagram and stuff, it's usually under Ryder Green Music or on YouTube it's Ryder Green. Ryder Green. Uh, and uh and yeah. David? I gave mine as Blind Lemon Peel. It's Mark's turn. Okay. Mark? Yeah. Okay. I, I would just, yeah, just uh, on Facebook or if you go MarkSellsBand.com, it'll forward you just right now to my uh, band page, Mark Sells, uh Band at uh, Facebook and Facebook. And uh, that's where I'm at right now. So you can get in. Mark Sells. They're all the time. Uh-huh. Mark Sells yeah. Band. Yeah. All right. Okay. Steve. Mark Sells Band. Yeah, it'll come right Steve. up. Uh-huh. Check Steve yeah. out too. And- and Steve, uh, you've—I think you've yep. created a monster here. <laughs> well, we have Raging Cajun. Well, RagingCajunCafe.com. We have uh, Raging Cajun Blues uh, BluesFestival.com, and uh, yeah, that's our our blues information goes out on that. All right. And this is the this kind is... of music Steve plays in school, by the way. When you get into Raging Cajun, that is, he has Cajun crack, but <laughs> he's got a great. Please, great soundtrack in that restaurant. I love to go in there. So okay. that's on my, my 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 one of my list to, one of my bucket list items is to learn how to play the uh, what's that chess thing that that washboard thing that you put on your chest and you play washboard. with spoons. That's yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah. that's on my bucket. list. I gotta yeah, learn washboard. how to play that. <laughs> All right. All right, okay. Jill. Let's uh, All right. Let, let's wrap this up. What a great show. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, you've got all the contact information, ladies and gentlemen. Just show up Wednesday, January 23rd at uh, at the uh, uh, St. Rock in Hermosa and uh, check out this, uh, this new resurgence of uh, blues in the South Bay and hopefully all of Los Angeles. We'll see you all then. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jackie. All right, thank you. Okay. Take care. All right. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.